Welcome to the Heroes Church Podcast. Our vision is to build Christ-centered communities of imperfect people for the city. Now, let's listen to Pastor Z as he shares the scripture message. One of the things that churches have made a big thing over the past decade is discipleship. Discipleship has been a big buzzword. It used to be evangelism. And now in the past decade, we have seen the rise of a strong focus on discipleship. Churches are moving towards you know, strategies that really multiply disciples. Churches are being able to express that discipleship is the main and core thing in their strategies. And I think that if you've been part of these churches, then it would be good to really see the anchor or what anchors this movement. And so today, I would like to answer the question, what really makes a disciple? Who is a disciple? What happens to a disciple when they journey together? Or in our journey of Christianity, are we even experiencing what true discipleship is? So we'll look at John 1, where Jesus actually starts interacting with his first disciples so that we can learn what this means to us. And hopefully we can begin to analyze maybe where we are in our own discipleship journeys. And now thinking about 2021, thinking about where we want to be in light of this course. Okay, So I'll share with you three things about who a disciple is. And the first is a disciple is someone who spends time with the wonderful one. A disciple is someone who spends time with the wonderful one. I remember we talked about this sometime this year when there was a time when Jesus visited the house of Mary and Martha. Mary and Martha were definitely close followers of Jesus. They were very good friends. If you think about discipleship as a relationship, think about discipleship as a infusion of life, then they did certainly, you know, had that. But we had two ladies and there was a stark difference. Martha was all over the place, doing, working, thinking about how she can improve the home, maybe preparing the meal, making sure, you know, the, the house is clean, making sure that Jesus will have all the comforts of visiting with them. Martha was doing all that while Mary was just sitting down by Jesus' side and just waiting on him, engaging him, speaking with him. And Martha, who was seeing all this transpire, was looking at Mary, and she was so upset. She was like probably making parineg, commenting that, oh, how I wish my sister would help me. How I wish my sister will stop being lazy. She's just, you know, not doing anything. You know, sometimes if you're a type one personality and you're more of a do-do-do kind of person and you're more into that active, passionate rat race in this life, we'll be looking at people who are more nonchalant. We'll be looking at people who are more chill and we're like, man, like, I wish he would just move. And Martha had that spirit. And then Jesus, probably Martha was expecting Jesus to get mad at Mary Martha was expecting Jesus to confront Mary and say, you know, you better move and serve me. Stop being complacent. But Jesus said, Martha, Mary has done a good thing. To say that actually Mary has chosen the better path. 
You see, as as disciples, sometimes we think as followers of Jesus, as people who want to obey and serve him, it's all about the doing. It's all about the activities. It's all about the programs. It's all about the key result areas. But in that story, we see that more than the activities, more than the key result areas, more than the things we think should be there is actually spending time with the wonderful one. And that's what we find here. In John 1, 38 to 39, Jesus turned around. I really like that. I like where it said, Jesus turned around. He gave the time of day. He went out of his way and saw the people following him and engaged them and asked, what do you want? So they said, Rabbi or teacher, where are you staying? And Jesus answered, come and you will see. So they came and saw where and they stayed with him that day. The Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, turned around, gave these followers the time of day. And they had their question, Jesus, where are you going? Where are you staying? Rather than Jesus giving a definitive answer, sometimes we're like that, especially for maybe type one personalities. We, we want answers immediately. We want clear, straight, direct answers. But Jesus didn't give those answers. He just said, come and see and you will find out. This shows that a big part of discipleship is the process. A big part of discipleship is not only about the results. It's not only about the rules. It's not only about the levels of growth. A big part of discipleship is just simply coming and spending time staying with Jesus. How have you spent time with Jesus? Do you give him the remaining parts of the day? Or maybe you give him an early part of the day, but it's just the free time you have when you fix yourself and before you go to work. The disciples stayed with him the whole day. The disciples were able to come and see where he lived. You know, when you, when you come and visit with someone, and, and we maybe have done this during this Christmas season, you just don't come in and out. You just don't say, hey, hello, how are you? And worse, we frown upon people who just come, take what they need, eat, and then leave. We call that eat and run, diba? But we value people who stay, engage, and make their presence felt with us. And we talked about the coming of Jesus. Noel preached about the incarnation or Jesus being at home with us, making the world his home for a time. He made his presence felt. Now, how are we responding to that? The sad reality is Martha probably thought, she was being a good disciple. She was being a good follower. She was being a good, faithful servant. And many of us may be like Martha's, especially if we grew up in church, especially if we think we're reasons why the churches grow. It's our actions, our abilities, our ministries that allow the church to survive. We think sometimes we have the gates to the rise and fall of church. When really a disciple shouldn't have to be concerned about that. A disciple should be willing to wait, stay, 
is Jesus. You know what makes 2020 special? Oh, it's a tough year. We experience it's a tough year. But you know what makes it special? Because it bought us, it created for us space and time. Rather than complaining about being locked down, rather than complaining about not being able to go out, think about the value that you don't have to go through traffic. Think about the value that now you have more time that was taken off that travel time you normally have in some days to now just focus on the essentials. Now, I like that word, essentials. The government has used that word to only go out when you need essential things. How many of us see spending time with Jesus as an essential thing in our lives. I want to encourage you that as we move into this coming year, and still many of us will be working from home, we'll still continue this online worship service until our team determines that it's good to come together again, to take that extra time. And rather than just pouring it out on PlayStation games or pouring it out on Netflix or pouring it out on YouTube or TikTok. I'm not saying don't do that, but maybe take some of that time to stay and be with Jesus. Because a disciple is someone who spends time with him. Second, a disciple is someone who is transformed by the wonderful one. There happens a transformation. And I think sometimes in our zeal for evangelism and discipleship, we have got, may gotten ahead of ourselves when we think about transformation. So we think, you know, disciples, we use the word change. So that's why from a smoker to a non-smoker, from, you know, someone who doesn't believe in God to someone who believes in God, someone who's prideful to someone who's humble, we, we sometimes jump immediately into that change that we think the results, the results are what makes a disciple. But I want to encourage you to see that transformation is all part of being who that disciple is. Look at John 1.42. Andrew brought Simon to Jesus. And I like this. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You will be called Kepha which is translated Peter. You are Simon. I see you. You will be Peter. Wow. A disciple here, the relationship that Jesus has with the disciple shows that there is transformation, but that transformation is caused, decided for, and purposed by Jesus. Peter didn't come to Jesus and he said, Jesus, I will be Peter. Unlike many of us, we're like that. We come to God and say, God bless me, I will be a good man. God bless me, I will be a good father. God bless me with money, I will be good a businessman. God bless me with power, I will be a good politician. We come to Jesus thinking we have a lot of these things to offer. We fail to realize it's oftentimes the other way around. God sees you. God sees me. And he decides on his wonderful plan for us. You know, this pandemic is tough because we saw a lot of our plans just get thrown out the window. A lot of our schedules, a lot of our 
platforms, a lot of our passions, like or, or a lot of our hobbies, which we're used to, suddenly it's gone. Suddenly we can't do it. Suddenly, you know, it is taken away from us. And that affects us mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. And you know what that does is now it gives you space to think about God's plan for you. And to be honest, sometimes it's better to hear a new plan when you're on a blank slate rather than you have all these things planned out and you're, you're just myopic and thinking about all these things and you cannot see anymore the bigger picture. You cannot see anymore what's happening. You cannot be sensitive anymore to God who sees you, sees me, sees us, and has a great, wonderful plan for you and me. A disciple is someone who is transformed, not by itself, not by the church, not by the strategy. A disciple is someone who is transformed by the wonderful one. Have you been aware of Jesus looking at you? Have you heard Jesus' call for your life? I pray that as you, you know, go through the process of spending time with him, you will hear him tell you, son, I have a plan for you. You are now this. You will become this. Daughter, I see you. I see you where you are. You're struggling. You might be lonely, but now you're this. Eventually, you will be someone full of joy. Jesus wants us to spend time with him. But in our spending time with him, he also starts transforming us. That's the great adventure of being a disciple. And the last, a disciple spends time with Jesus. A disciple is transformed by Jesus. And in response to that, a disciple is someone who leads others to Jesus. So Jesus calls James and John. Jesus calls Philip. And look at verses 45 to 46. Philip finds Nathaniel and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and the prophets also wrote about. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph, come and see. I like this passage because it comes full circle. Jesus turns around, sees the people following him, and invites them, come and see. They spend time with him. They listen to him. They get transformed by him. And eventually, these disciples find other people, and they say, Come and see. Doesn't take rocket science to be a disciple. But we do learn that there are factors to what being a disciple is. So a disciple doesn't only enjoy being the strong one, doesn't only enjoy being the faithful one, doesn't only enjoy the transformation that they experience. A disciple is someone who finds others and also brings them to the same process to come and see and spend time with Jesus, to come and see and be transformed by Jesus, and eventually to come and see and lead others to him. You know, in the advent of the rise of successful, big, mega churches, and we thank God for them, 
churches have started to invest in looking at how to take principles that these churches have applied and start multiplying and copying them. And there's some value to that. But we also find the base experience of the first disciples when Jesus was leading them. And we don't have to reinvent the wheel. We don't have to make it complicated. We don't have to wow people with big words. Look at how simple Jesus was. He just said, Halika, tingnan mo. Come and see. Sama ka. Samaan mo ko. Ngayon, ganito ka. You will change tomorrow. And in light of this pandemic, we have found ourselves looking at the simple things, looking at how to make the most of our time. And it's not complicated. You realize if you don't eat healthy, you'll just become sedentary and obese during this pandemic. That's why you have to pay attention to what you buy in the grocery, what exercises you can do at home. And people have begun to realize, you know, it's possible. It's possible to do these things at home. And it makes us all better for it. It's the same thing with Christianity. It's the same thing with church. God gives us wisdom. And it's good to use the wisdom, especially the wisdom that's been provided to his people, to look at ways and how we can grow, how we can improve, how we can share the gospel. But it's also very clear that it's not as complicated as we make it to be. And this is why I'm excited about this coming year. And as we end the year, I want to encourage each and every one of you who has journeyed with us, our dearest heroes, church brothers and sisters, our family and friends. Let's be a disciple. We already are. When you're spending time with Jesus, studying his word, when you're being transformed by Jesus in your life, and when you're also leading others to him, you're already a disciple. And there's no fancy badges. We don't want to have fancy badges. We don't have to put our names on an awards list or on a status level tier. We, we don't need any of that. We just need people to start focusing on the wonderful one. Because in all these verses, Jesus is the wonderful one. If he didn't turn around and take time to see the followers, there would be no spending time. If he didn't see Peter for who he is, there would be no Peter, only Simon. If he didn't inspire Philip with the words to just come and see and take the process with us, then there would be no process for Nathaniel. Many people think discipleship starts with our choice to follow God. And that's why we think, you know, baptism is the start. You know, we have decided to follow Jesus. We have all these big words. I have come to declare my love for Christ. But really, it begins with the wonderful one knowing us and seeing us. Look at John 1.48. Nathaniel asks him, how do you know me? Jesus replied, before Philip called you. See? God is above this discipleship process. God is above the strategy. God is above even our ministry in action. We think, you know, we're part of the plan, but really he's 
we are part of the plan, but his wisdom is beyond the plan. Okay? Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. I saw you. Oh, what a joy. What, a, what comfort and good news this is. If you're serving in a church, if you're faithful and you want to be part of a church, how amazing it is to know that God moves beyond our actions. We don't need that pressure. And I'm telling you, we don't want that pressure. You don't want that pressure that you know, God's plan for someone is hinged on your ability to deliver your ministry. It's not like that. We are part of God's kingdom. He has a plan to use us. But even before that is orchestrated, God is in the business of finding his disciples. That's the starting point. That's why this year, I encourage you, have no fear to share and lead others to this wonderful one because there's no pressure. You're not the one who's going to transform them. You're not going to be the one to make them realize before we even talk to them, Jesus has already seen them. And that's what you want to look for. So that's why you want to pray. That's why you want to spend time. And that's why you don't have to feel bad if a person rejects you, if the person disregards you, because it's not us planning who, it's still the wonderful one, Jesus, doing the seeing. And all we're really trying to do is discover who these people are. So that's why, if you think about it, we're not really creating disciples. We're just discovering who they are in light of God's plan. And we're pointing them to Jesus so that they can spend time with them as we spend time with him. We can get transformed as they get transformed. And ultimately, they can lead others to come and see Jesus too. I'm so excited for 2021. I've engaged some of you this year. I've engaged some of you, you know, regularly. I've engaged some of you that God has a plan for all of us. And there's, it's not by accident that he has caused our past to intersect, especially at this time. And so I don't know where you are in the journey. Are you someone who still hasn't spent time with Jesus? Are you just following our YouTube services, listening to our Spotify, but have not really taken the time to come and be with Jesus? I invite you to start taking that time this coming year. Now, if you have already begun doing that, then I'd like to encourage you to allow the Lord to transform you and to lead you to where he wants you to be. It doesn't mean you stop telling him what to do, but maybe, but what I mean is, maybe it's also time for you to listen to what he wants for you. And third, if you're already spending time with Jesus, if you're already experiencing some transformation with Jesus, maybe it's time to start leading others to come and see Jesus as well. And if we start doing that, if we're engaged and actively experiencing this, I can assure you, 2021 will be as meaningful, if not more meaningful, than this year that we're about to close. Let us pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for how we have this passage that shows how Jesus moved and called his disciples. It was really about Jesus starting everything, turning around, seeing, inviting, 
and declaring and transforming. Father, forgive us for the times we and the church in general has made discipleship all about us, all about our action, all about our initiatives, all about our plans, when in fact, we are just abiding and we are just at the mercy of your plans. And we pray that we can start embracing the beauty of how liberating this grace of gospel is. So that when we go out this coming year, you who have called us and shed, shed light and lead us to what you want us to do, when we, how to spend more time with you, what needs to be transformed in our lives and also ultimately lead who we, you want to be led to you, who you want to be embraced and brought to you. We pray that we can be able to experience this joy of being called your disciple. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.